one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Monday Night Raw. What did you make of it, Michael Hamlet? I thought it was absolutely tremendous. And I already know that we're going to disagree about it because we've already talked about it. Not over the desks. That would be unfair. Literally before we hit record. Yes. Like, we cannot compare it to AEW in that respect. Um, I, I am thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying this direction and it no longer needs to be with the caveat of, our, like, this is some sort of, like, honeymoon period for Triple mm. H or anything like that. I am... It's... Broader, thicker, stupider brand of professional wrestling than the than Dynamite, than AEW in general, than the standards that my esteemed colleague upholds. But I am absolutely in that collection of people, and there are clearly quite a lot of them, of people that wanted to like WWE. I would rather like this than hate watch it or find just like require the silly stuff to get through it, require the fiend and, you know, fingers crossed we'll be getting him back, but like require the silly stuff to get something out of this. Um, I would much rather this and I'm just, I don't know, I'm really, this was the best raw for me since Triple H took over in the sense that it was fairly unremarkable and yet I enjoyed it. It didn't lean on surprises. It lent most on the characters that have been being built over the past few weeks and only one match bothered me in that Triple H, you've let this go too long, like mm. kink of his. Everything he's doing to ruin NXT 2.0, I actually like in the arena of Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> like, why you don't need NXT 2.0 to change is because you've got a really good black and gold, and it's happening on Mondays and Fridays. Like, you could have just left 2.0 as it was. We mm. don't need three in the, over the course of the week. It's working to my tastes. This It's working to the the lower standards I have for WWE. Yeah. They are lower standards, but I just, like, I enjoy just about what every character's doing on Raw at the moment. And I can't, can't remember the last time it fell. There'll be, as we go along, there'll be something I've forgotten about that I can't be arsed with. But just about every character has got my attention. I hate the finishes. I simply and purely hate the finishes on this show. 
hate some of the dialogue on this show. I don't find it particularly like remarkable in any way. And it continues to be three hours long. <laughs> and again, I'm going to use the... It's crazy pills for me. I saw a handful of buzz about the show. I read various reviews. I said it was great. And I'm thinking, is it? I just don't get it. At least with something like, I don't know, a 16-bit RPG that's turn-based. I don't personally like them. I can 1 million percent see why people adore it. Like a broad blockbuster. I'm a bit more pretentious with my film tastes, but I get it. I just do not get the finishes. I There was one finish on the show where I just thought so much poorly of the character involved and who influenced the finish. This stupid little smug face. And I thought, I just don't get how people like this. I just don't get it. Do you know, there's something to that as well. The, this uh, We've had debates over the... Elite in AEW lately, and and I, I I there's a lot yeah there's a lot about I, I've used that exact phrase because uh, I've tweeted about it or like talked about it, not just with Cedric but with people online about I, I think it would be fine. I don't think they'll go but I think it would be fine if like Punk and the Elite were gone I think AEW would be fine and then there's the other side of that argument where it's like it absolutely won't be fine they are necessary it's in the name of the company the whole deal and I don't get it that's my honest I don't get that argument i don't get that fear i don't get that nervousness and it feels the same like this feels the first time in a while where like such things about WWE are rooted very much in taste it feels like i'm not coming at this as like a bad faith take i'm enjoying monday night raw i'm not doing it to stir up debate with sidrick we're not that type of podcast you know it's just it's am i enjoying it yes and i think for the first time in ages that feels like there are people that are not enjoying this product which is fine but none of it's really this sort of forceful, those dreadful troll accounts, those WWE ones where it's just like everything WWE does is great and everything AEW is terrible. Yeah. It's not that. This show is for a section of the fan base and not for others. And those lines of demarcation are a little bit clearer again. I don't know if that's going to change, to be honest, because I think Triple H has very much got a style and he, this will run out of G sooner or later and then somebody else might need yeah. to take the reins and all that. But it does, I don't know, I feel like my tastes are being catered to and I can equally understand why Sidgwick feels the total opposite. Mm. I don't, I'm just going to reiterate old takes really here in terms of my assessment of it all. I didn't think this was the best Raw of the year, as I have done with previous Triple H Monday Night Raws. But grading on the curve, it is a vast improvement to where we used to be. And I think maybe my opinion of this before we dive into it was influenced by what we reviewed for the five-star review review, which is coming a little bit later on. Because I was like, oh, God, yeah, remember remember those times? Like This was a, a vast improvement on that. But I agree with you to a certain extent as well, Sige, that I think... Uh, there was like three finishes that were pretty much exactly the same on this show, and they were all bollocks, to be perfectly honest. Before we start, though, quick joke for you. Knock, knock. Who's there? The Elite. The Elite who? That show business. Uh, right, Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins started yeah. off for Monday Night I've changed my mind on Cedric, so I should have a like... US Championship match. Uh, hell of a way to open this show. Really enjoyed this, uh, especially the bit early on where Seth Rollins went for the curb stomp and Bobby Lashley just went, I'm too strong for that. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, amazing spot. That was an amazing spot. All the more reason why this finish stunk, because there were flashes in Great this Great show, though. <laughs> <laughs> flashes of inspiration in this match that included that. And again, I'm seeing like, it might sound like I'm being kind, I'm seeing details within most of the matches, even if they're all five minutes too long, where <laughs> yeah. the, wrestlers Great been, show, the wrestlers are being permitted to wrestle like as their characters would yes. rather than follow the, exactly. the formulas and all that kind of thing. And spots like that are the stuff that you remember rather than the dread. That's what makes it feel like a great show. It's like, I'll remember that way yes. more than I'll remember the terrible finish. Yeah, Lashley, uh, too strong for a curb stomp. Oh my God. Uh, just doesn't move and then eventually runs over Rollins on the outside. That takes us to a break. During the break, Rollins takes over after Lashley goes shoulder first into the ring post. 
Uh, Rollins targets that arm and shoulder throughout the rest of the match. Rollins hits a series of suicide dives and then Lashley just hoists him up and does that mint one where he looks like he kills a guy. He just hits hits them headfirst off the ring post on the outside to take us to another break. When we come back, uh, Lashley hits a dominator uh, and a flatliner. Both of those get two, can, go, two counts. Goes for a superplex, but Rollins rakes his eyes and buckle bombs him, followed by a frog splash for a near fall. Uh, Rollins puts him in a cross face, but... Uh, Lashley powers out of it and hits him with a power slam. He goes for a spear, but a beautiful counter by Seth Rollins allows him to pedigree Lashley for a great near fall that I bought. Uh, then he goes for the Phoenix Splash, but Lashley avoids it. Anna Stomp puts him in the Hurt Lock. Uh, Rollins desperately trying to get out of it. He uh, counters it into a cradle, but Lashley amazingly gets out of it and holds on to the hold. Uh, the referee gets a bit... Big schmoz with the ref, uh, and Rollins does that mule kick, the sort of low blow behind him that uh, the referee doesn't see. And it look like, looks like Rollins is going to steal the United States Championship by nefarious means. But then, Riddle's music hits. He runs down, distracts Rollins, doesn't get involved in the match. But uh, Rollins, subsequent to this, turns around, spear by Bobby Lashley. One, two, three. Loved the match more than I hated the finish, but completely understand that people's mileage will vary on that. And I did hate the finish. To be consistent, um, we said this was. It doesn't seem to be happening much anymore. But there was a period. I think it was earlier this year where AEW brilliantly reinstating the importance of wins and losses. Kind of started relying a bit on interference in every match to get you your pinfall or get you your submission, and that's that's just as bad a habit as not delivering finishes. So this is not the answer to the, all the complaints levied at Vincent Mann for not giving finishes for the years. Yes, you need to give more wins and losses, but you absolutely do need to deliver proper finishes rather than this nonsense because the distraction by music was just as big a problem as throwing something out for a DQ or whatever. Yeah. That's as big an issue. So that's something that still needs addressing. But yeah, the, the takeaway moments from this match will stick with me way more than an awful finish. I love watching guys who seem to have like, seem to be able to do this, this standard of pro wrestling in their sleep. And Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley are having that kind of year and yeah. bringing the two of them together and this working as well as it did. It wasn't a surprise, but it was still surprisingly great nonetheless. Bobby Lashley is a rule-proven exception at the moment in that theoretically, especially within WWE, characters that have no obvious story shouldn't really work. But his story is that every single week he turns up, defends a title and leaves. Because, that is a story. Because wrestling is his job. Yeah. W almost never do this. There's always got to be some sort of... Like, he kind of exists for the benefit of other people's stories, but his deal is turning up and being the best at something, and that in itself is an awesome character. So I welcome him not having feuds as much as he's having class title defences. I just yeah. believe in him as a champion, which is inspired. Um, I love where we got to with the outcome of the latest Seth Rollins riddle development. So that's yes. great. The finish was lousy. Like, you kind of give that a pass, yeah. but the match was excellent. I love watching the wrestlers feeling like themselves again rather than just playing video game, like, headlock, get to the ad break formula matches yes. all the time. It's just the usual Triple H fair for me. He makes something happen by ruining something good. That's just it's one of his key booking principles, and I thought this is a particularly crushing and predictable version of it in that the match was excellent mm. while when it was really getting hot by the end as well. Um, the pedigree reversal was tremendous. The curb stomp bit was great, even though you don't really curb stomp someone's broad rippling shoulders <laughs> so it kind yeah. of again in microcosm that was doing something a bit daft to make something cool happen which is the just the triple h mo but this was so cool that i really let him get away with it and um, but the finish i'll say one nice thing about something bad right the idea that riddle possibly wasn't going to come out and ruin it until seth rollins threatened to mm. 
cheat and win it in the worst way possible, that drove something within the Riddle character to come out. At least it was that, and not the thing we got later, which was just dickhead behavior. Um, but at the same time, like, this, this conflation of pay-per-view length and quality with TV chicanery just pisses me off to high heaven. If you're going to ruin something and make a match that basically only masquerades as a match and it's table setting for a, a, a different feud, don't make it go 20 goddamn minutes. Like, don't fool me, you asshole. <laughs> and I was fooled. And for me, the key difference um, between the Vince McMahon and Papa H eras is that because I'm not yet calloused to the Triple H era, and I do kind of get into it, almost in spite of myself, that instead of a, uh, yeah, this is how Vince does things, it was like, ah, Triple H, you cock, mm, doing yeah. this to me. Um, but that will change, and I will just start going, uh. <laughs> Well, one thing I didn't go to was what came next. Uh, then plugging Survivor Series War Games. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is what we needed. Yeah, it's interesting, this. Um, I think, I mean, I was there in person for one, so my biases are informed by how much I enjoyed those two matches. Oh, bad war games as well. Great, both war games. Kota Kai's turn. Yeah, and Kevin Owens yeah. is a surprise guy. Two really good war games matches, two of the best of what I think was a, a thing that Triple H never really got as right as he wanted to, for how much he loved that. And it's another really funny neg at Vincent Mann's expense that, like, remember when the Elimination Chamber only existed because he was desperate to use a war games at Survivor Series? And then Vince is like, now, nah, new gimmick, more painful cage. You're going to have your throat crushed. He's yes. like, first opportunity to get a Survivor Series. We're doing war games, Dad. Shove up your ass. <laughs> like, that's really funny. Um, it's, I, and I've said this about Blood and Guts as well, in the interest of a bit of balance here, I still don't think either company has really figured this out no. there are good versions of these not great matches but let's give it a try the end of brand supremacy is a big big win so let's see at very least war games have a it gets a standing start because it replaces a very bad thing so it's it's got a better chance of the, the triple h era again the triple h in era microcosm again. yeah i uh i was influenced heavily by this because i sort of didn't see it whenever this news broke over the weekend and my uh awareness of it was piqued by someone going they're bringing war games in for survivor series and someone had mocked up a a war games card with the bloodline featuring honorary use Sami Zayn against just five guys who all have a reason to hate a member of the other team. And I was like, well, that's better than red versus blue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really honestly hate the arts happening in this month of the calendar. Yeah. So let's build some stuff around it. That is one of my, the least of my concerns of the modern war games match. Um, and you know, Quiet, don't tell too many people this. It will affect my street cred. Triple H was actually really stunningly great at putting these um, face and heels units together, even when he'd completely lost it, for me, as a booker. Like yeah, the, it, was, it was organic to a point, wasn't it? The Pat, you made it feel organic. The Pat McAfee one in particular was like, oh, I like the way oh, you've arranged yeah. all this. Um, so genuinely, I've got no problem with the fact that it's going to happen at a mandated point of the year, because if you can build a story around it, who really cares? Um AEW do this in the summer as well. Obviously, they get a better, they get more of a pass because stable warfare is one of their absolute MOs as a mm -hmm. company. So it feels like you could position blood and guts anywhere in the year. So it doesn't really matter that it seems to be happening around about the same time. Um, my concern is that with there being two War Games matches, he's going to do the Triple H thing and say, all right, well, should give the faces the advantage and one of them to make it fresh. Yeah, it's no. like, no, you don't, you don't ruin a match. Don't bother. Just do the same one twice if you must. Um, but yeah, I'm of the same opinion. For me, the best modern 
and by that I mean post NWA WCW War Games match was uh, or style match rather was um, the ROH CCW one. What an absolute masterpiece of proto deft dovetailing storytelling across the two companies. The best interpromotional feud for my money of all time. Because um, even the New Japan UWFI one, they got bitched out at the Tokyo Dome um, eventually. So that's the best version. Every version of this match is fundamentally flawed in some way. They either go too stupid with the, with the, the babyface heel alignment, there's too much plunder so that the cage itself never sings as this weapon, and I, I, it's completely incidental to the point, but I'm going to make the point again. The physical design of the AEW Blood and Guts cage is stupid. Yes. The gap is neither nout nor stomach. It deprives me of the satisfying War Games 1992 splats mm-hmm. because they kind of have to go, oh, they're like a turtle going into a shell <laughs> rather than like this incredible bump because they realize there's not much space to bump into there. Not wily Coyote yet. Yeah, nor can you do anything in that useless bit of space because <laughs> it's not big enough to do even destroyers in or anything like that. It's like, can you leave a gap just big enough to potentially injure every single person in this match? Basically, what I'm saying is that the main roster war games, just, I know they did it in NXT, but the setup was different. Like, it'll look a bit brighter and more of a spectacle. It'll be a very silly spectacle, fundamentally a bit stupid, but that's exactly what I want out of WWE, is, my, is the brand. So I'm well in favor of the Survivor Series war games. The Blood and Guts matches feel like you've got to have this match to settle this blood feud. The, they never the, do. That's no, the start of it. Yeah. That's the eye. The NXT ones, I'd never particularly enjoyed as the 2017 this. one was awesome, I think. Oh, yeah. We, like, well, this is what I was going to say. As matches, they don't feel like the blood and thunder of the 80s, like an early 90s war games matches. But what Triple H was quite good at within NXT was using them. And some people would argue that this was an abuse of war games, but using them to get certain stories over or get singular characters over. Like, you, like Io Shirai with a bin overhead is a spot, but it's also a oh. moment for that character. Rhea Ripley kind of overcoming the two-on-four thing because of Dakota Kai's awesome turn. Uh, you've Ricochet got do something bonkers. Ricochet doing the big double. Him and Pete Dunne holding up the secondary titles as being this next wave as NXT was about to lose its next set. Like, these are uh, statement more... Like, the Undisputed Era in general as an act in this match, like, they were used more to as like big moments for characters than actual war games blood feuds and if you are talking the bloodline or damage control or whoever odds are people are going to like people are going to come away more over than they were there's a kind of royal rumble element he looks for angles within the matches rather mm-hmm. than it's just a shame they are just but like the meat of them are boring hardcore matches but it leaves something for the characters war games is originally devised by dusty Rhodes, was a touring house show attraction that never had settled anything by definition and even though they did it across two separate pay-per-views in Fall Brawl and Wrestle War, WCW did the gimmick at one fixed point of the calendar per year. Mm. Like every people project what War Games is onto it, and everyone's got their own weird, hazy, subjective definition of it. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be stupid fun. I'll I'll take it. That is another post Vince McMahon era criticism. Like, the, the period where you're having three Hell in a Cell matches in October, like, that, that sticks with people, and rightfully so. It's like, well, this is how you kill gimmicks. And yeah. people believe, I think, that that can be applied to everything, where in reality it's a lot more case-by-case, case, I think. I just can't wait to see it on the main yeah. roster. I just can't wait to look at it. Huge and stars, like massive potential WrestleMania main event stars in a War Games match and in that little mini cage waiting to get out. It's a lot to, 
Like, like something Roman to look at. Like Roman and one would be awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I just love, and they'd never really have taken advantage of this as much as Riddle saying, we got a ring, we got two rings. <laughs> The other Sammy matches going between both sets of rings for that DDT. Oh my god! Oh my god! Sammy, the other, the Sammy other bothering Jey Uso in the mini cage and like Solo Sokoa coming off the top, <laughs> just like a while waiting room, being like, "Leave him alone, Jay. Just leave him." Yeah, He's doing my head in here. Like Sammy bouncing around, stuck me. in a phone box, with yeah. him, basically. Uh, yeah, and just the potential for the other matches to use both rings. Yeah, because they never seem to do that. They just go, "No, we'll stick in this ring." Why? You never get this opportunity otherwise. But. Yeah, really excited to see what that looks like. Uh, speaking of damaged Katarl, uh, they were shown arriving in a limo, and then they turned up uh, in a golf cart on the ramp. Uh, Bailey to Kotakai, Eo Sky to Kotakai, and uh, Eo Sky carrying their newly won women's tag team titles. They recapped all that, of course. There was fireworks, there was bloody streamers, there was everything. Bailey cut a promo back in her hometown. Um, just went, oh, bollocks to you guys. Um, put over the new champs um, and slagged off the San Jose Sharks for not being able to win anything, unlike. Uh, Sky and Kai. Uh, Sky says they were in control now. Kai said the division belonged to them. Uh, and then they bury uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. Asuka used to be this warrior. Now, look at her. Alexa Bliss is wandering around like she had a lobotomy. Um, and they said that Bianca Belair had just been coasting. And then Bailey reminded her uh, what it was like to lose after 300 days of not getting pinned. Uh, and then, of course, this brings out Bianca Bella, uh, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bella said, look, I was happy to let you have your little celebration. Um, but then you started running your mouths. So we need to teach you some respect. And then Bailey said, this is why the division spiraled out of control. You're too impulsive. Uh, you need to see the long game, the big picture. Um, I decide when we next fight. I decide when I fight you for that title. And that's not right now. Um, Anyway, Bianca Belair, you've got your hair, you've got your, you've got your earrings, you've got all your gimmicks, you've got enough accessories. Why are Alexa and, and Asuka here? And Alexa says, yeah, keep talking. And um, uh, me and, uh, and Asuka and Belair are going to become accessories for what I do to you guys. Uh, Bailey says, you've lost your bite. Lily's the only one who's got bite right, right now. You're a shell of the old Alexa. And Alexa says, all right, well, we have a match, right? Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. Um, <laughs> And uh, Bliss lays her out with a right hand, and the match is set for later on. From the very beginning of Damage Katarl's like, feud with these three on Raw, the idea of all this is so much better than the execution. And I think this every single week. I haven't minded like the principal idea of like this one group being a way more together unit than these three baby faces with like Bianca Belair on this role that she was on, and Bailey's had to rethink how she's going to actually beat Bianca Belair because she totally had a number. And then they've won the tag belts, and it's like it's validating this idea. They had this great match at Clash at the Castle that validates them as a trio versus three singles wrestlers, all this sort of stuff. And yet, week after week, I don't really believe it in the promos. Like, the story on paper is just way better than it's being performed, kind of. And I love Bailey, but kind of by any of them, in truth. Um, quite enjoying, like, Io Shirai, as a bit of, like, a stirrer when she's out there. Like, she's good at playing pretty much every character they give her. She's a way better WWE superstar than I think anybody would have ever yeah. given her any right to be. Um, and there's still loads of potential great matches here and there. But, like, as this episode of Raw would show, it's not a guarantee. It's not like that. this this very basic angle isn't going to guarantee you great matches just because, theoretically, all the wrestlers can. So... I've got complete faith in the singles match eventually between Bailey and Belair. I've got a lot of faith in Dakota Kai and Eos Kai as tag champions, having better matches, trying to fix that mess of a division. But a lot of these segments just sort of pass me by. I think it's crap. I think it's unadulterated crap. I've said all along, Bailey should have returned as a babyface. She's miscast. Dakota Kai is a heel, is poor. She's an amazing babyface. 
but her delivery is piss poor and it is getting assaulted with what chance. It's just cringe. It's lame. I don't believe it. I think it's neatly configured to make matches as opposed to this organic feeling thing. I think the dialogue in these segments and the delivery is just appalling. Genuinely, I think it's appalling. And what was the main event going to be? Like this is honestly, um, Miss I, TV with Dexter Lumis. <laughs> I honestly think this is crap stuff. The action is pretty good to great um, in part, but this has been a total misfire that exists to make things happen, and I never can get away from the, the scaffolding of it. He's cheat code booking here as well, Triple H. Is he? <laughs> it's, this is not a fixed women's division by a long chalk. It's six people basically doing the same thing most weeks. Yeah. Uh, and yes, it's more than one segment or more than, more than one little period of the show, but we could have this. We could levy the same criticisms at Monday Night Raw that we do at Dynamite every single week. It's basically, it's one combination of these six. It's not a focus on who else might be floating around in the division. Um, SmackDown's got a pathetic roster of wrestlers to pick from, but loads more have been featured in different combos, and you, you sense more of a pecking order on SmackDown than you do on Raw, where it's kind of just this... Like this identical rotation, it's a, it's an effort to make something of a bunch of wrestlers that Vincent Mann was doing nothing with, but it's far from like problem solved on to the next one, like a, a long way from that. Uh, Austin Theory for his match with Kevin Owens. One more thing to bury about this, actually, uh, they've got a very thin premise, right? Bailey wants to come back and take control of the division, hence the name of the stable. This is why the division has gone off the rails because he's so impulsive. Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> tell me what that actually means. Yeah. I, I didn't really... Your impulses lead to consistently brilliant matches and title wins. You're too <laughs> impulsive. Right I just Your problem is your moves are too good. Yeah. Uh, even if... Uh, I just don't know what it means. I've got absolutely no idea what it means. I think it's one of those, isn't it, yeah, where if you're a heel, you're meant to back away from any challenges, but because she's just like, oh, I'll just fight you right now because I'm Bianca Belair and I'm mint. No, it, like, didn't, you, it didn't scan as cowardice or no. like no. someone trying to show ass or anything. It was just nonsense. Uh, so Austin Theory's got a match with Kevin Owens beforehand. He's uh, shown warming up in the back with the QR code, the White Rabbit stuff, which we will be talking about on a podcast a little bit later on today, as well as uh, a video version of that going on our YouTube channel too. And then we got Austin Theory versus Kevin Owens. I've got to be honest, I thought going into this, oh, well, I've seen this before. I'm, I'm going to be bored through this. But Kevin Owens, I just can't take my eyes off him right now. Uh, Theory attacks Owens during his entrance, chucks him into the barricade. Uh, but Owens, despite the fact that he's, you know, not 100% to start the match, when the referee asks him if he wants to fight, he's like, yeah. Of course I bloody do. Laughs it off. Rings the bell. He actually takes control early on, but Theory gives him a neck breaker off the apron to the outside to take us to break. Um, Theory fights back once we come back from break. So Owens uh, has, won him, uh, has, has taken over whilst the uh, ad break's been going on. Theory blocks a powerbomb and a stunner, but Owens hits a super kick and a swanton bomb for a two count. Uh, they fight on the top rope, um, and Owens manages to knock Theory down, goes to that beautiful double jump moonsault, but Theory rolls out of the way and hits that amazing rolling neck breaker for a two count. Then he hits a neck breaker just for another two count. He's desperately trying to pin Kevin Owens, uh, and then he suddenly realizes he has to resort to clobbering in with the briefcase as he goes to his corner to get the briefcase, though. There is Johnny Gargano grabbing his briefcase. So he's like, oh, what? Uh, turns around straight into a super kick by Kevin Owens. Cannonball, pop-up powerbomb, one, two, three. <laughs> and then post-match, Johnny Gargano drops a briefcase around right his cack. <laughs> Again, very good action that I was earnestly enjoying, particularly the blockbuster bit. Great. And jo Johnny Gargano's a little bastard. 
It's like a little smug, corny, like nay nay the nay nay little child bastard. I don't know physically the sensation of thinking he's good or this was fun or oh he got him. I just thought you little twat. <laughs> <laughs> like just the worst kind of WWE baby face. The worst face for it. I don't think this character's going to get over if he's doing stuff like this. It's just lamentably cringe, entitled behavior. I have a, a creed by which I live, or by which I watch wrestling anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's, what would John Moxley do? Or what would John Moxley think of this? And would you ever... And I know there's different characters, and no one should be trying to play John Moxley, but you should be applying the principles as a babyface, because he embodies how genius a babyface can be at its best. You don't do the same style, you don't work the same style, you don't cut the same promos, you just look at the pure and consistent principles that the John Moxley character has. And would John Moxley ever grin like a little entitled, like taunting twat to get out of heel? No, he wouldn't. Johnny Gargano, I thought so less of the character after watching this, and it completely just detracted from my enjoyment of the match because it's all about the finish. And I hate, I, I hated Johnny Gargano's body language and face here. Moxley wouldn't because he knew when Dean Ambrose had to how terrible it was. I was watching something else at work today where he pushed like a hot dog cart into Kane and Randy Orton. I was just like, that's John Moxley behind this Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Like this like fascia that was basically supplanted upon a guy that could do so much more. Yeah, Gargano, I'll do that first because I've got like loads of praise for the match otherwise, but like the Gargano stuff, I completely agree with Sidgwick on this. Not for the first time in his WWE run, he's going to have to wrestle around bad management of his character. Johnny Gargano is a, a particular type of babyface that is incredibly charming and wholesome, and forever this has not been a charming and wholesome company at its core, so as a result, he's had to have fabulous matches over and over again <laughs> to remind you why he is of such yeah. value to the company. I don't think that just because Vince McMahon's gone, Triple H is suddenly going to make this a nice wrestling promoter. Like, the, the, there are nice vibes, and you can feel the locker room feels motivated, but, like, is there the vibe of the locker room that of a nice one? It's going to be driven by its leader, and its leader has been a bully, been a bigot, been all sorts of, like, negative traits and presented them as babyface ones, Triple H, as, as a wrestler and as a performer. So this Gargano character in particular is concerning to me that he still thinks this is the way to get over to do the kind of, like, smug... There's a Roman Reigns tater tots element to Gargano's yeah. faces at the moment that he pulls towards the camera. Uh-oh, me again. It's like, that's not why you're charming. You're a really... he's inc- For a guy that is, like, as ripped and as cut as he is and as incredible a wrestler he is, he's oddly very relatable. Johnny Gargano, mm. play with that. Don't make him this too cool for school guy that he cannot play. Mm. Does not work. Certainly not cool. No, and that should be all right. You know, that's Neither like... was Triple H, and Triple H thinks cool guys get over as these sort of, like, witty, action hero kind of guys. And Triple, yeah. H, Triple H's babyface character was always just this dickhead as well. Yeah. And he's, you know, the reason why he was Vince's son-in-law, why he gravitated towards McMahon's, why DX happened in 2006 and 2009. Like, he's so similar to Vince, except he's a little bit... uh, He's more gotten to about what people think of him than Vince ever was. That at once materialised with brilliance with NXT. Total fan service. But he's very much like Vince McMahon, and people need to reconcile this. He's got his ways. Like, that said... um, 
I thought the match was... So I really enjoyed the match anyway. Another example of wrestlers feeling like themselves. Kevin Owens in particular, pretty much since the day Triple H took over, yeah. has been able to apply something um, that we've not seen forever, pretty much underneath Vince McMahon. Uh, what I loved about this was, again, like, th- this is where I'm at my most Vladimir Kozlov. I love WWE. This match, of all these things on this card, because I went into this really nervous that this is still WWE. And... Theory's got a win that to level some series that I don't care about, mm-hmm. to have an identical a match that was identical to the first one, and instead the match was completely different, told an entirely different story, showed Austin Theory trying to learn, but still ultimately not being as good as Kevin Owens. And I'm being informed that right now Kevin Owens has got a ton of momentum and Austin Theory's on his ass. And whether or not Theory is because of a work or a shoot, it doesn't really matter. That's the direction of the yeah. character, and I'm encouraged to stick with Kevin Owens. This has been... I say this, I feel like I'm saying it every week, but it's because it was gone from WWE so long. You were never encouraged to stick with anyone ever. You would only be burnt if you stuck with anyone. And Triple H is kind of asking you to stick with everyone. Even if you're an Austin Theory guy, and there can't be many of them out there, but even Austin Theory guys will be watching and be like, man, things aren't going very well for him at the moment. You're kind of encouraged to invest in that because at some point he either turns the corner or he cashes in or whatever. The th- like that isn't, he's, it looks like he's being buried or the Triple H doesn't like him, but he's featured as a guy struggling at the moment, so that in itself is a story. He's lost two on the bounce to Owens in different environments where he's tried different ways to try and win. I ju- I'm just impressed with what I'm being asked to think. I said this the other week, when, sorry, I said this the other week when, uh, when I think it was last week, when Kevin Owens cut that really fired up promo to theory. For a guy who's just kept losing from the Vince era, or, you know, from the Vince would give him the briefcase era because you can just keep losing to the Triple H era, my opinion on Austin Theory has vastly changed. I've gone from a guy who's like, yeah, he's not, he's not getting the cash in and he's probably just going to pass the briefcase off to. That may well still happen, yeah. but there is, a, there is a glimmer of hope there and I'm more, far more invested in this Austin Theory character than I was when he first got given the briefcase. I will say one thing about this debacle of a finish and how I thought significantly less of Gargano. That does not apply to Kevin Owens. No. He's been given the ball to use wrestling parlance, and he's running with it. (laughs) And he's just, every week he's performing brilliantly, and it says something. You shouldn't have to say this under the Pepper H era, but it says something when you like a character so much and the performer behind the character is doing such a tremendous job, that terrible booking doesn't instantly make you think less of him. them. At the start of this year, you never ever would have imagined Satan, for multiple reasons at this point, he made the right decision not signing for AEW. Yeah. Like Kevin, I remember at the time it was like, well, he's made the right decision for him and we've all got to be really happy for Kevin Owens' bank balance rather than just like, oh man, it would have been really cool having like, for multiple reasons across both shows, that was absolutely the right call. Go and get lost in a sea of other signings or get your dream main event and then have something very fortuitous occur in real yeah. life that puts you in the driver's seat to have the best run of your career. I think Kevin Owens got a time machine. You think? Gone forward in time <laughs> and gone, oh yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll stick with Turns out well. Yeah. Uh, Riddle's walking backstage when he's accosted. Oh, sorry. One second, guys. Notes have gone all uh, haywire. Must be uh, <laughs> something with the old technical glitch in the department. Who's he chatting to? Oh, yes. Kevin uh, Patrick uh, asked him about costing Rollins at his US title match. Uh, and he said, yeah, that's payback, bitch. Uh, I'll hunt him down every night until I get a rematch. Uh, and he's looking forward to helping Rey Mysterio get some vengeance as well tonight. He said, Finn Balor and Damien Priest used to be cool. Now they look like the goth kids from South Park. Ooh. <laughs> References have moved forward 10 years, and so now they're only 20 years behind. <laughs> South Park David in 1997. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, we got a video package. Older than my pubes. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up, pubes. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We got a video package uh, for Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns in Crown Jewel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I absolutely love this story. I was loving it until I remembered that it's not at Extreme Rules and it's part of the the ugly thing. Did you see Roman's press conference? <laughs> yes. was, oh, my God. Do, do this all of the time. Yeah. All, all companies do this all of the time. He was so good. Something about that context just the framing of it makes me believe in it 100%. So that's the first crucial step into enjoying something for me, as you can probably tell by my very pedantic personality. And his just delivery was great. He's fantastic. I, I hate how much of a bloodline guy I am because the whole crew together now, like, oh, God, their belts thing has actually worked. Sammy not having one specifically. Sammy Zane's doing some of the best work of his career. Jay stink on him the whole time. See the photo that Jay posted from the, the press conference? Of them all doing the We The Ones, Paul Heyman, everyone like that. He's put a clown emoji face. (laughs) Sami Zayn Zayn replied to Rikishi on Twitter. Rikishi said, um, like, oh, it's great to have, like, my three sons on WWE TV right now. And Sami Zayn went, it's actually four in a way. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Yeah, Roman, he's kind of a... God of this at the moment, isn't he? Like just this yeah, it's a shame it's got this match rules. Like this if it is was not the banter show in Saudi and it was extreme rules, I'd think. In the back of my mind there'd be the feeling of you know, he's a celebrity. If this gets any kind of steam in the media, you wouldn't put it past them mm-hmm. to do the switch. Yeah. I don't know how big Logan Paul is. And you never know how big. big anyone is in the context of WWE, but you would kind of let yourself go a little bit. I said this to Andy on the news this morning. There will come a moment in that match where I think, oh, cool, I guess 
Logan Paul's going to end the streak and become undisputed champion. I've said this. I've been I've been the first guy on this Logan Paul bandwagon. I'm sticking with it. He's a good guy, Logan Paul. It's like that. He's a good wrestler. Good guy. Yes. It's like the ugly WWE chaos version of when we say like, "Come on, Tony Khan." Can you book the matches before the wrestlers leave or get injured or whatever yeah. or have a backstage fight? We need it. It's like WWE's version of that is, all right, we'll just do it. Like we've got Roman Reigns and Logan Paul and Ross. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Let's just do that. Like I kind of encourage that sort of thinking like while it's there. And I think they've sold it perfectly well. You don't sell it as like, he's Logan Paul. He's this uh, this hot star who's had one, you know, one good singles match at SummerSlam. Maybe he's going to out-wrestle Roman Reigns or anything. He's, he's openly said himself, Hey, look, you're Roman Reigns. You're this. You're the King of Kings. Blah, blah blah. Thank you for coming on my podcast. But the whole thing of it, the, the micro, the, what this has come from, is him going, yeah. The, ironically, the Dolph Ziggler thing, but this actually works with with uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, he probably batters me, but God punches chance. It's WWE, like, and again, maybe this is more Triple H than Vince, but I feel like this would have occurred in the Vince era. This this type of match, it's them unusually having their finger on the pulse of this era of like chaos prize fights. So Logan Paul in general becoming a boxer or getting in, or Jake Paul is a boxer as well. Like Mike Tyson was on pay-per-view last year. Like boxing is probably looking at itself and going, what has happened to our sport? Wrestling could have been doing this stuff all along. There is absolutely a market, like a a legit market right now for people buying into these mad, was it Paul and Mayweather? Logan Paul fought Mayweather, yeah. Logan Paul and Mayweather. And and, uh, Jake Paul, I don't want to mention him. I hate that guy. He's going to fight Anderson Silva soon. These, these are coming around and people get hugely invested. They get a bit of like outside interest because... It blooms a little bit off the rules with it now. It's coming, but wrestling was fake to begin with. So could have like leaned into this stuff yeah. a lot longer than it does. And it's, I think like, again, the promotion of it, as you say, leaning into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely the way to go. I, 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 it sort of stinks. It's on the Saudi show. There's always that little, uh, shame it's there. Mm. Uh, right, Ridge Holland and uh, Butch came down next. Uh, Ridge Bloody Holland said he's a, he, him and the Bruiser are going to win the tag titles on SmackDown. Uh, Sheamus was off planning their victory party. Out come the Street Profits, who says that you might have beaten a bunch of teams on Friday uh, to earn your title shot, but you didn't beat us or the Viking Raiders, um, who probably should have got the title shot. One of them's injured. Acknowledge Say that, that then, yeah, yeah, exactly. They acknowledged that on commentary didn't they, on SmackDown, so they've kind of like you've got to give them a. Yeah, you have to give them a pass. give them a pass there, yeah. I'll give them a pass. Mm, yeah. Anyway, uh, Butch is all fired up. He throws his jacket at Angelo Dawkins, and they uh, and Ford tells him to sell your butch ass down. Uh, and then they get into a match. Good. That's what I want to see on my screen, the Street Profits versus the Brawling Brutes. I love those guys. Uh, yeah, this was um, a big compliment to Sheamus, because they were majorly, majorly over his baby faces yeah. as a stable. And without him, they were less so and were easily just plugged back in as being heels. And, like, they've got magic with Sheamus right now. He's a guy that, like, he's a perfect Roman Reigns opponent at the level he is at. And uh, this was this was odd, in a sense, because they were. I know that, like, they're kind of they're half in and half out on the Street Profits, what's going on with them too. But for Butch and Ridge the Fridge to ask to kind of go back to being basic heels from SmackDown. You, you, are, I love so, it. you are a dog. Ridge the Fridge. I'm Ridge the Fridge, man. I love him. You are honestly a dog. And for once. If I threw a ball, yeah. you would just run. Where? He's like babyface Butch, isn't he? Like Butch the dog just wants to fight. Wilbur just wants to play. Yeah. Like, yeah. And do you know what? I allowed this. Let's have an impromptu match then. Let's have a bare knuckle fight then. Because I thought, and this is shows that how much more I enjoy this show than I, what I used to, is I thought, yeah, it is an impromptu match. But if you said to someone, are we going to have um, Ridge Bloody Holland, Ridge the Fridge, and uh, Butch are going to go out there and they're going to cut a promo. You'd go, 
right, they're probably going to get in a fight, so should we just all- allocate a bit of time? They're either going to start a fight with someone in the crowd or issue an open challenge or slag someone off or someone's going to interrupt them. So there's, I, I weirdly did the mental gymnastics for that, which shows how much I'm, I'm enjoying this show more. Just apply Triple H to standards that don't benefit from a curve, and we'll have a lot more fun on this podcast. <laughs> I also like the fact that they did a... more accurate, miserable fun. <laughs> yes, and they did a double-team version of the 10 Beats of the Bodron, or whatever it's called. Uh, oh, like it sucked. Mm. But, but I, I liked it anyway. I didn't have to take it, so... Okay. <laughs> um, Dawkins gets the hot tag, uh, hits Holland with clotheslines, a spinning back elbow, sp- spinning... S- Stinger, Splash, Enziguri, Silencer gets a two-count. Butch makes a blind tag and kicks him right in the mouth. Uh, but Ford dives in to break up the cover. Copy-paste. Angelo Dawkins is really good, guys, uh, from every week we talk about these guys. Uh, Butch puts him in a triangle choke, but Dawkins just hoists him into position. And they uh, hit that double-team blockbuster, uh, which gets you, baby. Um, <laughs> Dawkins sends Holland out of the ring with a shoulder tackle. <laughs> Ford flip dives onto all the opponents, um, and uh, Profits go for that double-team move, but Butch wrenches Ford's fingers, causes him to fall to the outside, and then they do that thing where Dawkins gets hit with a power slam by Holland and gets kicked right in the head with Butch at the same time. One, two, three. Yeah, not one of the stronger matches of a bunch of matches I really enjoyed on this Raw, but I am just keep repeating the take. I feel like I know who everybody is and what they're up to at the moment. It's as if, like, the whole point of AW's rankings was to just provide a framework. It, like, the way people get obsessed about it is kind of pointless. It's just to give you the idea of whose career is on the grow. And yes, you have these, like, FTR exceptions or Scorpio Sky, whenever it is. And you can use that a little bit without abusing it, but... Fundamentally, the point was just to see, well, somebody has put together five or six wins or somebody is like kind of on the bones of their ass at the moment and what's going to happen there. And in both cases, you have that here. Like the Brawling Brutes have kind of come, not from nowhere, they've come from Sheamus's awesome five-star match to be a dominant force and a relevant force and somebody that the Usos, for a month, need to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. You know, eye off the ball, maybe they'll lose it to their one, but that's the idea. Meanwhile, the Street Profits, it does feel like we like Triple H himself can't make up his mind, are we doing this split or are we not? But they're not winning. Like, if you ever want to, it's very, very easy to retrofit a split storyline on the fact that you booked consistently enough to say that things aren't going well for the Street Profits. Even if you're not focusing on it as a key narrative now, they're putting the the groundwork in that if in three weeks they split up, it's like, well, yeah, things have sucked for months. And, like, that at least will be consistent. Mm. Just the match had a little bit less character to it than most of the things on the show, I thought. Uh, a bit long for me, this. bit long. Uh, Ridge Bloody Holland is not as good as the other three guys in the match, and it was very noticeable at points. Um, yeah, I just didn't think it needed to go 15 minutes, personally. Three hours to fill. That's exactly. what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we do not need this on Com Tuesdays. Like, this is... We, we don't need more of this. Like, I like it where it fits on Raw. I do not want NXT to rapidly become this as well. Uh, Rey Mysterio gets interviewed by Sarah Schreiber. He says he wished he knew what Dominic was feeling so he could have prevented Judgment Day from warping his mind. <laughs> uh, Edge is out. He's going to be back before long, though. Uh, he talks pers- talks down the uh, talks down the lens to, to Dom. Everything he did was for him. Uh, he wanted Dom to have the life he never did uh, and give him a chance to carry on the Mysterio legacy if he wanted to. Uh, Ray's sad. Riddle cheers him up, though. Um, and then we get... Uh, to speak and cheering up, Chad Gable backstage with Otis, uh, and he confronts Gargano and says, hey, we like Austin Theory. He's got the Alpha Academy backing him up. Uh, and Kevin Owens shows up because he's a good guy and says, oh, well, I'm backing Johnny Gargano up. And Gable says, fine. You want to be like that, you prick? Uh, tag match next week. And Owens is like, yeah, cool, great. I love beating you up, but I especially love beating you up in Canada. 
And that's where we are next week. And Gabriel suddenly goes, oh, no, no, two weeks. And he's like, ah, no, you said next week. Uh, too late. And Gable goes to do it. But Gargano gets a shush in before he can. Gargano was again annoying. Chad Gable now believing in Kevin Owens' bollocks that Canada's a curse against him. And this match is going to absolutely rule. Like, I'd, this the, uh, again, this Gargano will again sort of get around pretty terrible writing of his character because I cannot see this match not banging. Yeah. This match will absolutely bang. Johnny Gargano, my goodness. <laughs> Just, what a little brat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get a promo in the ring from Judgment Day. Um, Rhea Ripley uh, says they took out everyone in front of them last week. They, they recapped them, killing Edge, breaking his leg or whatever it was. Uh, nobody can stop them now. And Dominic's all oh, man. And uh, Bala says, yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's a brave man. He stood up to his father. Uh, Priest says, Dom no longer stands. Dom no longer stands in anybody's shadow. Prove that by facing Edge one on one next week. Now Dom's standing with them, and Edge isn't even standing at all. <laughs> uh, and Ripley tells Dom, uh, Papa is very proud of you. Oh my God. <laughs> and then came, in my opinion, the highlight of Monday Night Raw this week <laughs> Dominic. Gets the mic and you go, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? And then here comes the heat. <laughs> booze, the cacophony of booze. He couldn't get a word in edgeways. And you could tell he was having a great time doing it. They were just, no, boo this man. And uh, he barely gets a word in. Uh, they tell him to, to shut, shut up, pubes. And it gets <laughs> even louder. He says, Judgment Day's my real family now. And they even posed for a family photo. <laughs> Uh, and Balor keeps trying to get talking, but he gets interrupted by Riddle's music for the match. Before we talk about the match, let's talk about the heat. Care to take a guess? I'm privy to Wilborn's notes because I'm sat next to him and not opposite like you. All caps, H-E-A, five T's? Yeah. Five T's. Heat. <laughs> I have my suspicions that some of the booze initially are that, like Dominic Masura is rubbish at everything. Right, not to be cruel, he's a rubbish wrestler, he's a rubbish talker. He can't really handle himself. He doesn't Got look no like, presence. Yeah, he doesn't look like he belongs as a pro wrestler. However, this was a kind of a defining night for him, nonetheless, because yet another of his weaknesses was laid bare, and yet they were able to use it for more heat. So he doesn't project very well. And Rhea telling him to speak up for the idiots in the back was a proper Chris Jericho nudging Sammy about do it again. Like, that was absolutely coaching on the job stuff. She continues to be brilliant in this role, by the way. Yes. Just to isolate a bit of credit for her. She's awesome at this. But Dominic Mysterio, it kind of doesn't matter how useless he is now because that is contributing to the it noise. It does matter. <laughs> it, it will matter yeah, eventually. When he gets in the ring, it'll matter. It, it yeah. will absolutely matter eventually um, because he's probably not got the heft to pull off the big moment between him and Ray. Although signs at the end of this match suggest that there's that might work too. <laughs> Um, because I thought that little moment between them was actually great. People, uh, the people aren't just booing because this guy sucks, and I genuinely think it's probably a 50-50 split or 60-40 in favour, are super invested in this. So for now, it does not matter that he is useless, because they have, like, I, I just think it's a feeling. So, like, Cedric could completely disagree and have loads of objective evidence as to why. But the fact that Dominic Lassier is useless. I yes. think they absolutely Exhibit have. Exhibit A. They totally sucks. and utterly have something in this ludicrous group of weird goth losers. I thought the, like, I think the laugh moment at Clash at the Castle was, like, a, a realisation for everybody is, like, when they do this crap part, but they think it's the best 
that now works as a heel thing. Them jovially going backstage, like, I know we're going to probably touch on it a little bit later, but, like, Finn's like, wait a minute, we'll have more laughs after I spoke to AJ. I'm kind of on the hook for that. Where's that going? I like, want to see Dom go out with Damien Breeze. Right, I, I, I want to see what happens. I think you the Judgment Day... I think the Judgment Day is working. Like, honestly, this was the week I was like... I am I'm so all in on this complete nonsense. The booze if they follow this is key. If if it's a copycat thing and the booze follow Dominic Mysterio around, it's free money. Like it's a free hit with them every week. That's the thing. They could have the cheat code for Dom Mysterio here. If it becomes the fun thing to do at arenas, a la Kevin Owens didn't become the best heel of his generation after the time that he and Elias buried Seattle for not having yeah. a basketball team. But it was like a really iconic, memorable oh but you'll remember that moment. Um, if they can fandango Dominic Mysterio's cheap heat, <laughs> and because no one can, pop, and again, Rey Mysterio is beloved. What about his stepmom, Vicky Guerrero? Excuse me, he, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Maybe Rey is in fact so beloved, <laughs> and as cheesy as the dialogue is, he's playing it well. Mm. Rey Mysterio, this role, so maybe there is a little bit of an earnest. Let's escape into this stupid storyline fantasy going on. I'll be kind to it. Maybe that's... I don't like it. I think the dialogue's <laughs> terrible. I think Dominic Mysterio is, in fact, useless. But maybe it's not just this ironic, oh, we've got something here. All the rest of the rules behind us want to join in as well. Maybe Ray is working here. Uh, then we Tom Shireen. <laughs> <laughs> we got Ray and Riddle versus the Judgment Day. Skip. Yes. So bored of the Judgment Day. But uh, he doesn't need it, even though he thinks they're working now. <laughs> <laughs> same same matches everything uh, as every week. Did loads of distractions. Um, we will circle loads back. Of what distractions? Oh, wow. Uh, and we will circle back to the Dominic thing. I know Skip and Skip finish ruled because it was great. Um, but in the end, yes, Finn Balor pinned Ray following the coup de gras. But not all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review. Review nailed it. Dominic Mysterio means Skip. Absolutely not. Never. <laughs> not while I'm in charge. Uh, right, five-star review review this week is brought to you by Donovan Parata. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related. Good name. Uh, mm. For us to review instead of a segment or a match on Monday Night Raw, you can do so by subscribing to uh, What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review on there. Or just like Donovan's done, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and then just email me your suggestion, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Donovan writes, hello, and thank you for reading my five-star review review. Unlike most, I am not a long-time listener of the podcast, as I only started listening to the pod earlier this year. Welcome, Donovan. Welcome. Apologies for the impenetrable patter, probably early on. (laughs) Uh, but I have been an avid viewer of all things What Culture Wrestling for years on YouTube. Uh, I put all the blame on on What Culture for turning me from a normal fan back in 2016 to a flipping mark, although he doesn't say flipping. Uh, although I'm on iPhone, I find Spotify to be my app of choice, and I left a screenshot of proof of my five star review review. I love that. You don't have to. I'll believe no, you. No, you, no, you do. No, you do. I need proof. We do this for You do not get it read out unless you <laughs> unless you provide proof. We've got a full technology. Here. Uh, he writes Adam Wilborn. I mean this from the bottom of I'm my heart. Not joking. <laughs> you are the reason I make it through the day. Thank you, Donovan. Uh, I'm always looking forward same, to your... Same, Donovan. Got to be honest. Funny impressions. Bit, bit of both for me. 
banter with Andy H. Murray over the flippin' fiend, uh, Mike's kazoos, eels and flatties, as well as your ability to enjoy everything about wrestling, even when Cedric is telling you off and Hamlet is giggling in the corner. <laughs> Feels about right. Uh, I can't remember the last time I went a full day without saying, Senos, you dirty f***ing wreck. <laughs> Out loud to myself uh, and laughing about it. Your hilarious antics will never fail to brighten my day. The Dadly Boys are among my favorite opinions to hear about wrestling. From everything that makes a match good to everything that makes a segment bad, Hamlet and Sidgwick always provide amazing insight into the nuances of professional wrestling. Known, formerly known as sports entertainment. Uh, as far as the five-star review review goes, I'd like you take, to take you back to my first ever live Monday Night Raw, the 22nd uh, of August, 2016. Uh, Will this is for you. I'd like you guys to review Titus O'Neil's infamous promo, calling out Darren Young and su- subsequently attacking both him and Bob Backlund. Thank you, Donovan. And I like that because this was your first Raw, you consider this promo infamous. Uh, Primetime players, I man. I just want to be in attendance for and you get this promo. I know. But, like, 20 years of people going to their first Raw and having a bad time. I imagine that. Like, that's that's where we're at with you. You could pick thousands of these Raws. Um, the Primetime players were a bit of fun on NXT Redemption. Probably, as a team, probably should have got a little bit more than they did get on the main roster. But, ultimately, everyone was indifferent to them as a team. Everyone was indifferent to them as a split. Everyone was indifferent to Titus O'Neil as a heel. Or Darren Young as a babyface. Everyone was indifferent to Darren Young uh, associating with Bob Backlund briefly, mm. nothing was ever explained. Nothing was ever satisfyingly paid off. Like this is nothing. This was utterly, utterly useless pro wrestling week after week after week between these characters that went nowhere. Polar opposite of everything I've been praising on this Raw this week in terms of characters with direction, with focus, with opportunities after they get the big win or get suffer the big defeat or whatever. Nothing. This may as well. And I don't mean this to be cruel to any of the three people in this because I like them all for certain contributions they've made, but they may as well have not existed. Like, this was so pointless. Like, and not to be horrible, Donovan, if this was indeed, like, this is his first Raw, there's an implication that maybe that was, like, one of the first periods that, like, wrestling he got under his skin. bad. Like, <laughs> wrestling gets under your skin at various different points, and as a result, you'll always favour a certain period in that respect, so it's with apologies. Some of 2016, like, some of, like, NXT. NXT was still amazing. There was still some call-ups for some optimism. There was a lot I liked about 2016, but uh, this was not it. I knew they were faking it the whole damn yeah. time. Not just this, the whole Shane's a general manager and he's a baby face, Raw's good again. What's it? You're faking it. You're you know faking what, it. You know people supplant titles on particular periods and just try and tell you it's so. What was it? Was the it reality. Like the reality. Yeah. I was thinking the oh, new, the yeah. new yeah. era and the reality the, the, era. The, the, what was real about this? Yeah. yeah. Tell me what was real about this. Um, what, seriously, what were they even talking about? I, I'm trying to remember what. Is it because of the, the total divas and stuff? Is that why it was reality? The reality like reality era. TV stuff? I think so. Mm. It's real now because someone's portraying a fictional authority. It was real because it turns out that Shane McMahon was absolutely shooting about Vincent McMahon's darkest secrets. <laughs> Just yeah. took a little bit longer for the lockbox to be unlocked. Yes. Fair. Um, so, full disclosure, um, shout out to Donovan because he sent us the link to the YouTube, the WWE YouTube version of this. And then he also sent me the Reddit link to the full promo because mm. we watched the... The initial promo, it's like a minute and a half, or the whole video is actually a minute and a half. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Yeah. It's over. People are pretty pissed. And so I was like, ah, it's an interesting choice. Like, it's it's not good, but it's just kind of bland. I was like, weird choice. And then I watched the full promo from Reddit, uh, which was titled, I believe, Titus O'Neil's infamous promo. See, it is infamous. Mm-hmm. What do I know? So I, I didn't show this to uh, to you. Because I want you to, I want to to read it to you. I've tried to write it as verbatim as possible, Titus O'Neill's promo. 
You know my love for him, but even I can't defend him here. Now, last night, you all, I, I mean, earlier tonight, you all, he's already straight out of the gate. Oh, straight out of the gate, he's got to correct himself. Last night, you all, I mean, earlier tonight, you all, you guys heard that the New Day talking about winning the WWE Tag Team Champions, being the, becoming the W, I'm reading this verbatim, this is what he said, oh. being the, becoming the WWE Tag Team Champions last summer right here in Brooklyn. And that's the reaction he got <laughs> for, that, for, that, for a bit of the promo. Now, what you all forget sometimes is, oh. is that going into that match, the primetime players were your tag team champions before going in. <laughs> so every time I get dragged back here to good old Brooklyn, I always get someone answering the same question. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be one of them broke brothers from Bushwick or one of them uppity hip to, uh, hipsters from Williamsburg. They asked the question, was that the worst day of your life? No, I think this is. <laughs> <laughs> I look at them and I say, no, that wasn't the worst day of my life. Why would anyone ask him this? <laughs> because Why would anyone recall this? Who was it that commented on his roster on NXT? Like, Solo Sikawa, wasn't it, when he like, was wearing the trainers? He was like, for people that were asking, these are my trainers, blah, blah, blah. Court tweet, nobody asked. <laughs> or dead. So I, I like the idea to picture this scene of someone saying, sorry, Titus, Titus O'Neil, was, was that the worst day of your life when you lost the world titles, <laughs> or the tag titles at SummerSlam? I look at them and I say, no, that wasn't the worst day of my life. Because when I flash this million-dollar smile, I'll tell you right now, baby, that was the best day of my life. It wasn't the worst day of my life because I dropped the tag team titles. It was the best day of my life because I dropped the dead weight that was Darren Young. Jesus Christ, <laughs> it took a million miles to get to the point. Yeah. You, some cliff notes. It's not the worst. It's the best because you didn't drop the titles. You dropped the dead weight. Got it. Now, let me uh, drag this out. <laughs> I can do with this. It's three hours, Monday Night Raw, to be fair. There's no ride along. What? Who said, what? Who said anything about... There is a reason why there's no episode of Ride Along with the primetime players. Oh. It's pretty difficult to do when there's only one primetime player. <laughs> That's how bad that. I'd watch a ride along where Tyus O'Neill talks to himself in a camera. Now, I've got... Hang on, wait a second. It's time to play the game. Oh, an impromptu game. A game within a within a gimmick as well. So he continues. I've not written it verbatim. I've just cliff notes this bit because you were getting bored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says Darren Young would not be relevant without him. Much like blank would not be relevant without blank. Twenty sixteen. Who's shagging? Who's sucking and? F <laughs> uh, because that's uh, or who was uh, carrying who on which sports franchise also I like the way you're going here Sige but think the worst possible version that you could use for this like the le the one where you go what? <laughs> like guys heisty yeah. yeah maybe there's another WWE reference because they do that really in in incredibly lame thing where they watch each other's show and like shoehorn the storylines into their promos as if John Moxley would ever give a toss. What's happening in Daniel Young wouldn't be relevant without me, just like blank wouldn't be relevant without blank. Huh. Culture moves really fast these days. I couldn't even. 
think of what was big at the time. You're not going to get it as wrong as WWE got it here, so. <sighs> I just can't believe this. Even in 2016, I can't believe this. Oh, hang on, that's a clue. So it's about... It's not even time-sensitive. It, it doesn't work as an argument. It's not like say. It's not even like saying <laughs> Wayne Rooney wouldn't be the player he was without Cristiano Ronaldo. And Tevez. So I'm trying to, like, work backwards with a cultural reference that makes no sense that is also dated by the time it airs here. Mm. I'll say uh, Kanye West and Taylor Swift. Okay. You know, you like the... Yeah, okay. Even though that would have been probably about seven or eight years before <laughs> this. Yeah. Yeah. And they were both massive stars within yeah, their own right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sentence again. Darren Young wouldn't be relevant without me, just like so-and-so wouldn't be relevant without so-and-so. Brooklyn wouldn't be relevant without... Brewery. That's <laughs> <laughs> the I know about Brooklyn, Pizza. really. Pizza pie. Darren Young wouldn't be relevant without me, much like Jay-Z wouldn't be relevant without Beyonce. <sighs> Fairly certain he would. Yeah, I think he was doing got, it right before he met her, to be honest. Got him. Anyway. What? Unsurprising, this doesn't make the uh, WWE version. This is where the WWE version... Lemonade came out in 2016. And wasn't that like Beyonce's pipe bam at Jay-Z's expense? Yeah. But, right? Yeah, but he was... Jay-Z. Yeah. Why would it be a... What? what? Like that album was where Beyonce was shooting on Jay-Z oh, came out course, in 2016. So. So They're still trying, together now. Just, yeah. Everything's all right. I'm just trying to tie it together. Something yeah. right there. How Ooh. is Bob Backlund going to make Darren Young great again <laughs> when he wasn't great to begin with? This is the crowd. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Do that again. Uh. And I love gets, how he's like the last person to make that joke after everyone did it the first time they saw Bob Backlund yes. with him. You ever noticed how... Uh, <laughs> see this? You heard about this? Darren Young's crap? The deal with airline food, huh? Uh, he also... the You know in the WWE version we watched, he goes, oh, he's going to be great again when he was never great to begin with. Massive cut again. You know the reason why that was? Because then he got so fired up he almost knocked the mic out of his own hands. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, and he's basically saying, he's basically saying, come on out here, Darren Young, come on out here so I can kick your ass, basically. But he again goes all around the houses doing this so much so that in the in, in the time it takes, there's a CM Punk chant and a <laughs> We Want Slater chant, and he says, I don't know who you guys want, but I want Darren Young. <laughs> anyway, this is when they edit back into the WWE version. Who is Bob Backlund anyway? Huge pep, and I'm thinking, what's going on? It's because Bob Backlund's coming out in his, um, I've written here, own inimitable style running down to the ring. Well, it's not a run-in, is it? It's no, it's more of like uh, a shuffle kind of deal. And Titus can't decide whether or not he's seen him and now has to react for all the time it takes Bob to walk to the ring or just like no sell. Yes. Like, so he tries to do that like, wait a minute. And I didn't look. Who could possibly come into the ring? He gets completely trapped. Yeah, he's facing the wrong way. He's yeah. facing the ramp as Bob Backlund comes out, and then he has to turn around. Anyway, and then he has to say, don't you come out here or I'll beat you. And Backlund's already in the ring by the time he gets there. Um, Titus throws him into the corner. I, I, no, scratch that. Titus places him into the corner, and I think thinks, that'll subdue the former world champion, Bob Backlund. Uh, kicks the mic out of the way. Right. 
Uh, turns around. That allows Bob Backlund time to recover. He fires up, grabs him, goes to the whole cross-faced chicken wing. They go down to the floor. They're rolling about. Titus gets out. One kick to the stomach. Body slams Bob Backlund down. And that's it. He's out. Darren Young slides in. Considers having a fight with Titus. And then the only thing I can compare it to is... He cradles Bob Backlund like he's Tony Stark when he's about to die in the Avengers movie. Spoiler alert, everyone. Uh, and Titus is just there saying, how bloody great am I, basically. And then he suddenly just grabs uh, Darren Young, clash of the Titus to Young, and then he does the pose, but with no... And scene. You know, he's big, he's tall, he goes... <laughs> so that's my only contribution to Titus O'Neil's career is that the only real enjoyment I took out of it is in ring career. The only enjoyment I took out of it was Dave Meltzer's description of his uh, gimmick. This was terrible, but he's a way better and important guy out of the ring. Yeah. I have um, nothing else. That I feel I tried like. to heal him earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have nothing else I can contribute about Titus. Um, but there is like a fourth member of our podcasting crew now. And I would love to know, if only he was here, if only he could catch a flight just in time, I would love to know what our friend Stax might think. Hey, guys! Hey, Stax, <laughs> how's it going? Hi, Stax. We've been doing Titus O'Neill and Darren Young, the primetime players. You any thoughts on those two? I gotta say, I love that guy. Do you know what my favourite bit is? <laughs> Did he do it here? Did he do it in this bit? He, he, he didn't, didn't start. Oh, what a schmuck. I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye, Stats. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was nice for him to pop by, wasn't it? Yeah, I was like, love him, Stacks. Always welcome heart take from Stacks. So now. Is he Donovan a- as well? Mm-hmm. Is he Donovan? Or is that two dimes? I forget. Uh, Channing Lorenzo. Channing Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Get it right. Come on, he's, he might still be an ear. Yeah, shot. he could have heard me there, couldn't he? <laughs> Nothing Somebody stuck. say Channing Lorenzo. I ain't heard that name in so long. <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> so not only do we go to the YouTube comment section here, we go to the Reddit comment no, section. No, we don't. We don't. No, no, no. And a dangerous precedent here. I like. We were, we were all right for the most part here. Although I will just say these do not reflect the views of myself. I guess one of the Reddit comments. Huh, everyone on the sub thinks the same thing. Actually, I think the other. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not a hive mind. <laughs> <laughs> Understand how humans interact with one another, and you might actually, you know. It is. It is the, I've got to say the comment section is actually quite good. To be fair, for once, and not in the usual bad way. But I'll say. Understand how a community works. Yes. By actually stepping outside. <laughs> And entering one <laughs> in real life. Reddit Reddit will never be forums, will it? It'll never, ever be forums. Uh, just don't get nothing. No. Just don't get nothing. You're not going to get like... I will say one thing about Reddit. There's like five or six comments where they're like, ah, that's quite funny. And one that's like, you know what? That's insightful. And the rest of it's goddamn sludge. Yeah. Tony Khan's... Everyone on this sub thinks this. What? Like his... <laughs> no, no, no. His stubbornness when he's like peak asshole is born out the fact that he was a forum dweller. Yeah, like, yeah. I dread to think the mm. billionaire's kid that comes from the Reddit world to one day into wrestling because it's just going to be a different energy entirely, isn't it? Like, they're going to bring back bloody Vladimir Kozlov. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was lit back in the day. <laughs> hey, remember when Nickelback did the Raw theme? That pull out picture of the 2008 roster. The 2008 roster was stacked. <laughs> <sighs> What's that my name? 
No, he said stacked, sorry. Stacked, not stacks, man. See you later. Bye, stacks. Yeah, bye, stacks. That revolving door, Matt, he's bloody through here. Anyway, uh, first comment. I said some of these are quite good. Christopher Titan writes, this is like one of those promos from the 2K games where you keep picking the wrong option because it's just so <laughs> dead, the whole thing. No heat, no comedy, just... Uh, some Irish fiend writes, I love him telling Young to come out, then being mad that he came out. I di- yeah, I didn't pick up on that. I was like, what the bloody hell are you doing here? You were literally yeah. just asking me to come out and have a fight. Uh, someone who's not got a username uh, writes, I remember watching this on the couch, unaware... Someone that- who you didn't copy and paste? No, no, this is this is a copy and paste. This, they just had uh, like a deleted username thing on Reddit. Uh, that's probably a good reason why. No, this is all right. I remember watching this on the couch, unaware that my wife was sitting at the table watching it, and all of a sudden, behind my right ear, I heard, What the f*** is he trying to say? <laughs> yeah, that's so good, Al. i got to be honest with this one. Uh, what have we got next? Uh, next up, we have uh, Maywin, who writes, I stopped watching wrestling this day because I knew things would never get better than this promo. <laughs> Give over, man. CC uh, Lucive. Uh, the title of the video, by the way, on WWE's YouTube channel is Titus O'Neil brutalizes Bob Backlund. He <laughs> writes, CC Lucive writes, Titus O'Neil brutalizes Bob Backlund, kicks him once and body slams him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere uh, CM Punk watched and thought, I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Get that over. <laughs> That's a weeks. <laughs> Killer Drek uh, writes, oh, hang on. Oh my God. Imagine Backlund facing O'Neil at the next pay per view. <laughs> Christ. Oh, see, that's it. That's why Triple H has got like, even me, has got like 10 good years of people being like, thank God for this, because that's what people were willing to accept. Fingers crossed we get the dream match here, guys. Backland, back in action. Wait, with this, when was this again? It's August. Yeah. So SummerSlam. So the idea that there's always, some, there's always some loser in the crowd, when I, the vast majority, like, oh, this is a bit rubbish. It's always like one doing like the Lenny off the Simpsons face. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, like, absolutely engrossed in the story. Wishing it to come to fisticuffs to the conclusion. Everybody else doing the Seymour Skinner one, just looking pathetic. Pathetic. Looking down. Um, the next one, I believe, is a typo. So, but if, it's very childish if you laugh at this. Aid simply writes, Titties is such a good talent and he deserves better. <laughs> such a good talent. He's just worthless. He's a very nice man. He yes. does very important work. Yeah. Uh, you ever tried describing him as a wrestler in a list? It's like, it's oh, why is he so It's been six years. It's never come up. Yeah. <laughs> was something or other I had to write about him. Well, I wanted to write about him. Or he fit into a list somewhere. And I was like, why is he so bad? It's like so comically bad. This was. He's just so rubbish. He's <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the final comment comes from Naya. Um, he's not afraid to use my de- self dad boys. Anyway, what, what culture wrestling? I knew I'd find it. Just writes. <sighs> Bob Backlund can chicken wing me any day, the crazy motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> uh, so thanks once again to Donovan Parata for your five star <laughs> review review. Uh, once again, if you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling-related for us to review instead of something on Monday Night Raw, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review on there, or do it on Spotify. Screenshot the five stars. Yes, mm-hmm. otherwise it will not get read out. <laughs> and email me the review 
adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. We return to Monday Night Raw. Is it main event time? Uh, not yet. We've got to recap what happened in the uh, Judgment Day uh, Mysterio Riddle match because uh, before the finish... Rollins got involved and did all that. You were skipped it. No, not skipping. Don't I'm hungry. Mysterio. I need a piss. Not Don Mysterio going, come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. Come right on. there. Right there. Hit me with uh, the shit. Uh, uh. Ken Shamrock and the rock moment where Shamrock's on his knees. Gone right there, rock. Only okay. The, only this was probably better. <laughs> yeah, anyway, later on, following all this, as I said, Rollins got involved. There's a pull-apart brawl backstage. They're screaming at each other, and Rollins tells Riddle, you got your rematch whenever, wherever. Riddle challenges him to a fight pit. Amazing. Yes, please. Yes, please. I didn't see this coming. Amazing. Um, one of the very few things we collectively praised about the dreadful CWC era of NXT was that original. This is Pro Tool CWC, but it was all the same. Yeah. Like original fight pit. Yeah. Riddle and Thatcher. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And, like, genuinely an effective use of the stipulation as a reason for this match to be. We, like My potential criticism of this was going to be, well, he's beat him fair and square. It was, yeah, he mind games, but it was clean at Clash at the Castle. This is a great reason and a justified one at that. Love this development. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, love the fight pit. All in favour of the fight pit. Love it. Uh, then main we, event time? Huh? Not yet. What would have been the main event came next had they not been a match between <sighs> Bailey and Alexa Bliss booked. And that was, of course, Miss TV <laughs> with Dexter Loomis. Um, he wants to know what Dexter Loomis was thinking when he invaded his home last week. He's made him paranoid, so much so that he punched Stuart the Minion at his daughter's third birthday party uh, <laughs> because he thought it was Dexter Loomis. I'm going to need that footage, uh, Mike. We're more entertaining than anything they've actually produced in this rivalry is the idea yes. of the Miz decking a Minion at a party. Like, where's that? That's Triple H. Here you go, Sid. I'll agree with you on this one. There he is, like, manifesting the idea of fun, but unable to produce it yes. in the actual storyline itself. Yes. He says, I've had enough of this. This ends now. Loomis, get your ass out here. Uh, but Loomis doesn't come out because he's under the ring. A knife stabs through the canvas. He cuts a hole in it, climbs out, grabs Miz's leg, Champer attacks. Loomis goes back in his hole uh, and then pops up again, <laughs> looking all creepy. It's like how he can't blink, and they are besotted with the idea that he can't blink. I keep watching him blinking, and then at the end of it, thinking of Road Dog and Triple H going, God damn it, he just doesn't blink. <laughs> they just love that he doesn't blink. Mm. What, a, what, a, what a way to get a job. Work, work out the glamour muscles. Don't really get better at your craft, which is meant to take place in the ring at some point. And then just don't blink, and then you get on telly. Do they sell ways to work out your eyelids? Like a, like a, like... What? You know, like... Um, eyelid reps. Yeah, you're like <laughs> li a little bar you can put on your eyelids and you get one, two, three, four, five. Like, Absolutely. thing you've ever said. What a stupid... <laughs> That's how he doesn't blink because he's got ground, such strong eyelids. Stupid, stupid and he's bastard. flexing. He probably practices it, yeah. yeah with a with Not a, with a stupid thing that could go inside of his eyeball. One, two, three, four, five. I am... Um, <laughs> you're doing it I now. can just practice. I don't need a bar. I'm really enjoying this era, and I absolutely hate this storyline. This is Matt Hardy on Dynamite every week of last no, year, like whatever it is. I'm into this. I yeah. What I, does he actually? He doesn't want to. What does he want to do with him? I don't the know. Miz, every week, the Miz is sent out there to explain away all these laws that Dexter Loomis breaks about how he hasn't pressed charge. Every week, it's something different. It's like, yeah, yeah Dexter Loomis did do that uh, kidnapping, that abduction, that breaking, entering. But that was all he did, so that's fine. Yeah, like every, they do something that every week you cannot do, and then the Miz has to go out there and explain it why it's fine. But now he's gone from I don't want to talk about it, therefore I don't want to put myself through the ordeal of 
being interviewed by police. So you just know you know sell it for a bit. Now he's actually pissed off, but he's still not saying, you know, lock up this lunatic. Yeah. He's right here. Lock him up because wrestling has to happen. Or a stupid bastardization of pro wrestling has to happen. I really don't think wrestling has to happen when Dex Lewis is involved. Well, that's the whole point yeah. of what I'm Some weeks they forget to put in any kind of motivation of why you should even boo The Miz. Like, it's just a sort of, it's taken as read that The Miz is a heel, so whatever Dexter Loomis is doing is fine because The Miz is a heel. But, like, they d- this week, they didn't even bother me. Like, The Miz didn't even come out and be like, and each and every one of you sucks. So when Dexter Loomis does this really objectively awful thing, it's like, well, but at least he's doing it to the bad guy. The Miz comes out and is like, yeah, um, my wife and kids have been absolutely terrorised. The birthday party was absolutely ruined. Boo? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not even trying to, like, these are not... Like the poor kid's birthday party was disrupted. I because had more calls to cheer for the Miz than Johnny Gargano. Yeah, yeah. Um, good show, though, Paul. <laughs> Judgment Day are walking backstage. This is the bit where Kevin, Kevin Patrick uh, gets involved. With them. They're off to they're off to party. Uh, Dom's like, oh, I'm really worried about my dad. <laughs> Psych, no, I'm not. Screw you, dad. Uh, and I'm ready to go party with Damian Priest. Um, and they see AJ Styles. Oh kind of want to see that. <laughs> Bala says. I don't worry, I'll deal with this. And he says, uh, AJ, you've been ducking me recently? We haven't spoken. You, you didn't respond to my texts. I haven't spoken in weeks. Uh, Stars says, yeah, I haven't, because you joined the Judgment Day. Turn <laughs> your back on me. Uh, he said, hey, 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 hey. I might join the Judgment Day, but I never turned my back on you. I've always got your back. Uh, Stars says, I'm, I'm not interested in turning my back on the people that I care about, like Dominic D. I want no part of Judgment Day. And Ballard gets in his face. And says, you looking for a fight? Ah, I'm you all right. Uh, <laughs> gives him a hug and uh, says the offer ooh too sweet is always still standing Finn Balor was sort of great here and so good, yeah. I'm like I'm into get the, his mojo in he yeah I'm into the twists and turns of will AJ join them or not because there's no bad outcome like he either saves the day and based on what the heat the judgment day are generating it's going to be like a huge bop when AJ does the right thing or like him Ole being Anderson him being a member in of this Atlanta, group is so huge funny heat. Like, if he joins this group, that's yeah, going to be hilarious. Dyes Goth, hair black. Goth AJ is just going to be amazing. So the, the Judgment AJ. The, the Judgment Day community. This kind of fail. I love this development a great deal. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Can we have Bullet Club? We've got Bullet Club at home. Bullet Club at home, the Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> Not even House of Black at home anymore. Nope. The, uh, yeah. I enjoyed this. And then we got the main event. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bailey targets Bliss, uh, tries to use the announce table, but Bliss fights her off and hits a dive off of there. Bailey targets the legs after a break. Uh, they go for a series of cradles, two counts. Uh, Bailey hits the Bailey to Bailey for a two, um, but uh, the crowd can't decide whether they want to do let's go Bailey or Bailey sucks at this point. Bliss block- blocks a, a middle rope uh, belly to belly, hits a code red for a two count. Uh, Bailey tries for a cover on Alexa Bliss following all this, uh, but she puts her feet on the middle rope and Belair pushes it off. Big brawl with all the women on the outside of the ring, and we get yet another distraction finish <sighs> on this show. Bliss goes up God. top. Kai distracts her. Uh, sorry, Kai distracts the ref. Sky knocks her down. Bailey hits that rose plant headlock driver finish of hers. For the one, two, three, post match damage Kataral, layout Bliss and Asuka. Uh, Belair tries to make the save, but she gets laid out again with a rose plant by Bailey. Numbers game stuff, and she says, "I always get my get what I want when I want. I want a title match at Extreme Rules." Really, quite good by the end. So, hey, small Paul, yet again, why don't you just like trim five six minutes off your match times and they'll hit harder? Because this just had no right to go as long as it did. It didn't feel like a main event. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Sorry. Just- <laughs> 
can't tell we're just bursting here. Put your ear to the door next time. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> like there was some breaking gaming news, which if there is, what culture gaming podcast, wherever you get your podcast, yeah, it's what great. A pro. It's one of the best gaming podcast there is. Mm. That isn't no, that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you were saying. It's all right. I thought it was stacks coming back. There's a queue outside. <laughs> uh yeah. It's just it's the same. Triple H complaints, I suppose, about like match length because I did quite yeah. like this by the end, but the fans just couldn't be asked for the first five minutes of it. So they didn't clearly, even with Bailey as like the hometown returning hero slash villain, they just didn't buy her or this as a raw main event. The lights flickering in the middle felt by design. The involvement of Lily in the stories this week, based on everything else that was going on, with the uh, felt like that was there by design. Like, have a bit of fun with it, all this white rabbit stuff, but I just wasn't good enough for the place it was given. How long did this go? That's a good question. Felt about like 15, 15 minutes. minutes. Jesus Ooh. Christ. Alexa Bliss is, sorry, nowhere near good enough as a performer to really go the distance in a match like this, particularly in the main event. So much of it just felt like it existed to fulfill three hours of TV. And ultimately, I wasn't, my interest wasn't sustained by some captivating slow burn story, nor was the action so hot that I was willing to let a bit of substance and emotional emotional investment just not get in the way or lack thereof. And Alexa's offense, some of it looks so unbelievably flimsy that I just could not take any of this seriously, like, at all. Um, bad, flimsy main event with yet another terrible finish on the show. What's the difference between this and Triple H? Yeah, Sky in the moonsault with the belt was cool. Yes. Like as far as like beatdown, like little bits of ingenuity within a beatdown that just go beyond the like the fake feeling balls boosting, or whatever. Yeah, 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 just like that's nice. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter mm. at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back a little bit later on today to preview NXT. Oh, and talk. Still is. Uh, for, now, for the time being. It's still good. Um, and we'll be talking all about the White Rabbit stuff as well on a podcast later on today. Um, so subscribe to What Culture Wrestling to get all those in your feed. Um, and watch you there. In your feed. No, in your feed. <laughs> watch you there. If you leave us a five star review. Uh, just like Donovan Parotta did. It's a new one, isn't it? We can. <laughs> Don't need to Drop it in your food. Don't need any more. Um, yeah, no. You can no content in the middle of the podcast. Intros and like exit bits. You can do that on iTunes or on Spotify. You can email me a review. Adam.wilborn at whatculture.com for us something to review instead of a god-awful segment or match on Monday still Night Raw. <laughs> uh, but for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.